0: This morning, I want to begin with kind of pulling the curtain back a little bit. So you can see backstage. Now, by that, I'm not talking about that what we do up here is just a performance. That If, if that's so, you can, you can probably get better performance. Performance is someplace else. If you're looking for a show, But for whatever you do, uh, especially before the public, there needs to be some preparation. And so uh, we have various guidelines that those of the preaching team, teaching team, abide by or are supposed to. Uh, And on our, uh, one of our deals that we use to communicate is Asana. There are tasks that are given there, and I just happened to copy mine down for this week, and it's the same that they send me every time that I'm going to be preaching. Task, sermon, scriptures, and title for Sunday. Assigned to Roy Moss, due date, Friday, 5 p.m. Now, if you're one of those folks that thinks that everything has to be spontaneous to be anointed, I'm sorry, doesn't always work that way. Not that God can't take a charge in the middle of it, Uh, but uh, there's some planning that goes in. And then it says, please provide us with the following information, the necessary details for the development of your title slide. The Bible version you'll be using, any comments or instructions you may have for the projection tech, such as show the title slide last, hold the title slide until cue, etc. My real problem generally is that deadline, 5 o'clock Friday afternoon. <laughs> Because quite often, it's Friday 445 before I've got anything. <laughs> and uh, that's not the way it is this week. That's, that's one of the reasons I'm giving you a little look at the sausage making here. <laughs> is that two weeks ago, I, I woke up with this message on my mind. So what has happened in that intervening two weeks, if I hit you this morning, or this evening, afternoon, whenever it is, if I hit you today, or any time for that matter, it's not judging by the side of my eyes. I had the outline for this weeks ago. I have seen the times that I uh, I would have the message that I was going to preach sometimes as much as a year in advance. Now, you try to to hold something like that and not preach it five or 12 times in between. And then I remember one time when I was called to preach at one of our churches in Tulsa, and I had several weeks notice that I was going to be speaking that night and I could not get anything I prayed I studied I prayed some more I studied some more my parents were up visiting and so they were going with us to that service and when we left home on the way to Tulsa I had nothing all the way down as I was driving us down there. Oh, Lord, what am I supposed to do tonight? What is going on? And when we got there, I had nothing. We, I walked in, greeted everyone. Service started. We sang songs. We prayed. We took the offer, received the offering. Um, or they may have taken it. I don't know. But anyhow... The pastor got up and was introducing me, and I had nothing. And he left the pulpit, and it was my turn, and I walked up with my Bible, and I, I had nothing. Absolutely zero, zilch, nada nothing, and I opened my Bible, and it fell open to 1 Chronicles chapter 1, and suddenly I had it. Now, 1 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 1 says, Adam sheth enosh, and it begins a genealogy. Fifteen years later. There were people still talking about that message i know where it came from yeah. the fact that 15 years later they're talking about something i preached in that i knew i knew it wasn't anything for me to get puffed up about i knew where that one came from well i've uh, as i've said i had two weeks here and you may, have asked, you may, when this is over, ask, what did you do with that two weeks? Well, I just kind of let it marinate. But it was a scripture. It's a story from the Old Testament. Yeah, the rabbi is up here again. But this story is found in three separate places. In the Bible. And that's that's significant at least to me because there is a law when it comes to the matter of judgment and death penalty and, and deciding what's what's what and what's right and what's not. The law says that in the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. And that no one shall be convicted at the testimony of one witness. So this story that I'm going to talk about this morning is found in 2 Kings chapter 20. Now that's not where I'm going to tell you about it, to read about it. And it's also found in Isaiah chapter number 39. So those are places and you can compare all of these later if, if you wish. Uh, I'm going to do go this morning to 2 Chronicles chapter 32 and we will begin with verse 24 and I will warn you now there's a lot of scripture that I'm going to be using. Surprise, surprise. This is the story of Hezekiah, one of the great kings of the nation of Judah after it had divided after the nation had divided into two kingdoms the northern of Israel the southern of Judah and about that time or once upon a time Hezekiah became deathly ill there are possible indications in the scripture and some of the relations relating of this story that he might have had something akin to bubonic plague. He was deathly ill. And he prayed to the Lord who healed him and gave him a miraculous sign. But Hezekiah did not respond appropriately to the kindness shown him, and he became proud So the Lord's anger came against him and against Judah and Jerusalem. Then Hezekiah humbled himself and repented of his pride, as did the people of Jerusalem. So the Lord's anger did not fall on them during Hezekiah's lifetime. Hezekiah was very wealthy and highly honored. He built Special treasury buildings. He didn't just have a safe sitting in the corner. He built buildings for his silver, gold, precious stones, and spices. Uh, And for his shields and other valuable items. You can go back and see the one that I did recently about money. And where value comes from. He also constructed many storehouses for his grain, new wine, and olive oil, and he made many stalls for his cattle and pens for his flocks of sheep and goats. He built many towns and acquired vast flocks and herds, for God had given him great wealth. He blocked up the upper spring of Gihon and brought the water down through a tunnel to the west side of the city of David, and he succeeded in everything he did. Boy, wouldn't that be nice. However, when the ambassadors arrived from Babylon to ask about the remarkable events that had taken place in the land, his, his healing and, and all of the wonderful things that had uh, they, they read it on Facebook or somewhere and the, the news got to them and, and, and they came, the ambassadors from Babylon. It, it, this was scattered far and wide, what God had done in healing a man who was sure to die. God withdrew from Hezekiah in order to test him and to see what was really in his heart. I'll leave that one up there for just a little bit because I want to I read that. I like this. The, we'll get to this later. But I like this from the King James Version. Howbeit, in the business of the ambassadors of the princes of Babylon who sent unto him to inquire of the wonder that was done in the land. Here's, here's the phrasing I like. God left him to try him that he might know all that was in his heart. i want to preach for a while this morning. We'll get the title slide later. When God leaves. When God leaves. Now, you and I know that with an omnipresent God, there's, there's not anywhere he isn't. He's always there, but our perception, our feeling, our understanding sometimes comes to a place where we just don't recognize that he's with us. I can't feel him. I can't touch him. It's kind of like that. That time I told you about when I was going to be preaching in Tulsa. I couldn't find God to give me a message. His, his every communication that there was in that day was out of service. The line was down. The server was disconnected. Email box was full. But I'm scheduled to be there, so we're going to go on. We've got a scripture in Genesis 22 and 1. And it came to pass after these things, or sometime later, that God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. And the story goes on to talk about his sacrifice of Isaac. God didn't tempt him, as the King James Version says, in the way that we think of temptation. But God was testing him. God was testing Hezekiah. He left him to know all that was in his heart. To test him. And uh, there are several others and uh, way more than I'm going to use this morning. But in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 16, as Moses was summing up and rehashing, if you will, their journeys through the wilderness, he May these statements, he fed you with manna in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors, and I might say it's also unknown to their descendants. He did this to humble you and to test you for your own good. God is not in the business of destructive testing. He doesn't test you to destroy you. He tests you to prove you to make sure that you can handle it and to give you an understanding and a strength for the next thing that's coming. He's not against you. When God left Hezekiah, it wasn't to destroy him. It was to give him an opportunity to shine, to do the right thing to go in the right direction, to make the right decision. The Lord left him to try him. When God goes away, it's really not for our harm, but for our blessing. In Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 3, the finding pot or the refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold. But the Lord trieth the hearts. The thing about refining silver and gold is that you, if you're going to refine it and, and get all the impurities out of it and make it pure, pure gold, pure silver, you've got to turn up the heat. Because as you turn up the heat, the, the slag, comes loose from the gold and the silver and it rises to the top. It comes up where you can see it. And, and then the, the silversmith, the goldsmith, can, can scrape it off and, and set it to the side. And, and they, they know when they've got it just like it ought to be. It's when they've turned the heat up as high as it can go. And then they look in and they see their reflection. Kind of like the Lord does us, and when the heat gets turned up enough, and all of our slag has been dipped off, scraped off, and when He looks, He sees Himself in us. If you want to talk about being left, not knowing where God is, Uh, you might try Job one. And Job 2, when the Lord said, he's yours, I got confidence in this one. That's why he's yours. Now, I'm going to set limits on what you can do. But within that framework, have at it. I trust this one. And the first test came, and the devil came back. Said, well, he may have stood when he was just losing things, but if you'll let me touch him, he'll curse you to your face. The Lord said, okay, here's the fence. Have at it. I trust him. And the thing was that you read it until way late in the book. God doesn't show up again. He left him. There you are. Do your worst, devil. I trust this one. I don't know how much I will be trusted. (laughs) And if we're honest, we'd all have to probably say that. I don't know how much I want to be trusted. (sighs) Let me have a title slide. When God goes away. What are you going to do when God goes away? When you stretch out your hand, when you go seeking for him, and it seems like that, that what you knew was solid is now suddenly just gone with the wind. It's, it's, it, it's coming apart. It's, it's. Let me go back to, to uh, verse 31 again from the King James Version this time. How be it in the business of the ambassadors of the princes of Babylon? who sent unto him to inquire of the wonder that was done in the land. God left him to try him to know all that was in his heart. God's not cruel. God's given him a chance. But God's also turning up the heat so that any slag can come to the surface and be seen and be done away with. Hello, COVID. This is the other part I woke up with. Hello, COVID. I've read folks writing about the... The, the crisis that the church and, and they they including everything is now in because of COVID about people not coming back about things that are not like they were kind of like that that inscription they they dug up on a on a tablet in in Babylon brother Tenny used to tell about it so you can judge from that but they they dug up a, a, a tablet and. And written on it, when they got it translated, it said, Alas, alas, things are not what they used to be. So that that goes back a ways. Longing for yesterday is a common thing. The good old days, you know, then we called them these trying times. Now, I'm not here for judgment. Please don't misunderstand me. And I don't want you to look around and see that somebody's not here and say, well, he was preaching about them this morning. If they'd have been here, he'd have got them. No, no, that's not it. Because I know that there are people out there, some of them watching this very service online, that their hearts are still toward God. They've not lost their love for God. There are other factors that are involved. Some of them have conditions that they are afraid to be around a lot of people, and and, and I Whether I agree or not doesn't matter. It's real to them. It's their situation. They're adults. They can make their own decisions. So I am not saying if you're not here this morning, you're condemned and God's God's turned his back on you. That's not where I'm going. But I am saying that COVID has shown a lot of things in, in folks' hearts that we didn't know and they didn't know was there. It gave an opportunity for the Lord to know what was in their hearts. I think of we were at Walmart the other day getting groceries, and the lady who was checking us out got to talking to us. She said, You folks, church people, yeah. wonder how that came through but anyhow and uh, she was telling us about the church she went to and and uh she was very very excited about it very favorable for what was going on there and uh, and uh she got to talking about where she liked to read in the bible she liked to read the book of revelation you know a lot of folks when they get start living for God, that's, that's immediately where they go to, the book of Revelation. John, Matthew, Psalms, Revelation. And uh, I guess it is an exciting book. A little confusing sometimes, but exciting nonetheless. And, and I, I know because I've been there of how some folks, you notice I didn't say everybody, but some folks think about Revelation Because you can can easily see yourself as a hero in this story. There's tribulation everywhere. But I'm going to stand. They're threatening to cut off their heads. And it's not Lewis Carroll's Red Queen. Off with their heads. Yeah. I'll stand. They can drag me to the guillotine, but I'll not def- deny Jesus. You know, you can just see yourself in those situations. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm the hero of, the, of at least this part of the story. I'll stand. The way some folks think and the way they then perform reminds me of the the guy that that uh, wrote a note to his girlfriend he said for you I would climb any mountain I would swim any sea I would fight my way through wild animals to be by your side I will be over Saturday night if it doesn't rain. <sighs> the Lord left him to try him to see all that was in him. His heart. When God goes away, there are a lot of things we can do if we just know He's there. If things are, uh, things may be negative in one direction, but if we can see a positive from, from Him. But you folks were shut down for 16 months. How am I supposed to stay faithful when you're shut down for 16 months? Well, we did have service six nights a week. And if you think that was easy, I've got some stories to tell you. See, I I and I don't know what the mark of the beast is. I don't know who the Antichrist is. I am not going to be like the guy that was down and and, and looking so sad, and they asked him what was wrong, and he said, My sixth Antichrist just died. I, there are a lot of things I don't know. But I do know this. If you can't stay Faithful to what God has placed in our hearts as truth. With no more problems than we've got now. You're not going to make it when the seals are being broken and the trumpets are sounding and the vials are poured out. If you can't make it, Running with the footman, how are we going to keep up with the horses? Oh, Brother Moss, you condemning? No, I'm not condemning. I'm just saying when you don't feel him, he's still there. And it's just a test we're going through. When you are not ready to. to leap and swing from the chandeliers God still there you may think he's gone away but he's still there and he's giving you an opportunity to do what's right no matter what's going on around you no matter what the world is doing no matter what temptations come your way no matter the things that may face you no matter the doctrines that come blowing in your in your area of the the world. Hallelujah. You can live for God. <clears throat> Pentecost has been maligned and accused because of the heightened emotion and feeling that is so prevalent among us. Well, I'll tell you what, if they got what I got, they'd understand why we can get emotional. If they'd let God do for them what he did for me, they would really be ready to do a little shouting themselves. At least around here, we don't have reverence and rigor mortis mixed up. It's not just COVID. There are a lot of things that have drawn people away that had nothing to do with COVID. Folks been failing this test for centuries before COVID showed up. That was just we all got tested at the same time. Is your faith in God? Is your, is your heart sold out to him? Or to a particular way of gathering and with a certain particular group and going through a certain ritual? Or if you're locked on the isle, abandoned on the isle of Patmos and have been there, And there's no place to get anywhere else from there. Can you get in the Spirit on the Lord's day? Well, I haven't got a bunch of people around me. In fact, I don't think John probably had anybody around him. But he said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Read that in Revelation. Obey that in Revelation. Identify with that in Revelation. And the rest of it will take care of itself. Because it might rain Saturday night. Some folks didn't come back. Because some folks didn't have what they thought they had. Now, please understand me. I, I, I understand and, and I know that there are all kinds of situations. And I'm not condemning any of them. That's not my... I, look, I'm in sales, not management. I don't sit in a judgment seat. I'm not even the lawyer. Jesus is the advocate. I'm just called to be a witness. But there are always those that when God leaves them, they fail the test. I'm here this morning or this afternoon Whenever we're here, I've got to get that straight. But I'm here instead of the Lord as kind of a substitute teacher. And we're all going going through every day. We're going through tests. Sometimes greater, sometimes lesser. But while you're testing, he's authorized me to, to slip you some answers in the middle of the test. That's one of the things we come to church for is we get answers in the middle of the test. It's one thing we gather around each other and share our stories and talk about the goodness of God. We're slipping each other answers during the middle of the test. We're all going to be tested. The Lord will leave you to prove you to know what's in your heart. But there's, a, there's somebody around. There's a church around. There's, there's a word in the Bible. There's something God will speak to your own heart, even though you don't recognize it's Him because you think He's left you. But you can stand. You can stand. You can stand. I received the Holy Ghost in July of 1963. I don't remember what night of the week it was because we were in revival. But it was it's sometime in the middle of the week. I'm sure I could... I could look it up and figure it out. I I just spoke a, a short little bit, short time, spoke in tongues for just a a very short time. And I remember Brother Light, and my my pastor there in Austin. He said, "Come on, come on, talk to him, worship him," trying to get him, trying to encouraging me to to let go and 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 speak more than i did and but man anything convince this old hard-headed baptist or young hard-headed baptist if i spoke in tongues at all that was pretty it had to be convincing to get anything out of me some may think amen even still today <laughs> But uh, something happened that night. I don't know exactly what it was after all these years of thinking about it and examining it and reading the Word. I, I still don't have language to describe what God did for me or started doing in me that night. And I was baptized the next night. I don't remember three or four of us were baptized, and I was, I, I think I was the first one. I'm surprised there was any water for the rest of them. You talk about emotional, you talk about demonstrative. God had done something for this fella. Now, though I'd been a Sunday school teacher, Baptist church. I didn't know I didn't know much about the scriptures really I I knew what I had learned to that point but but for really digging in I'm sorry I probably had a lot more opportunity than I used but I didn't know much and on Sunday morning I went back to church and there was a brother there. I know he was, he was well-intentioned. When we shook hands, he said, well, have you still got the Holy Ghost? And I had no idea what to tell him. I didn't know how it worked. I didn't know when you're born again, you're born again. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Jesus. You may look the same, but you're not. so for for years after that, I kept wondering, have I still got the Holy Ghost? Did, did I lose it somewhere along the line? Silly, but I didn't I didn't know. I didn't know. There have been many a time since then. When I could hold hands and skip down the path with Hezekiah. When it felt like the Lord left me. And I'm sure that it was to know what was in my heart. I've wrestled with all... If if you have doubts and if you have misunderstandings and if you have wonders and in the midst of your faith you 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 still have questions don't give up that's just part of the process it's part of the process because when you get the answer to those questions and sometimes you may say I I, I just can't find an answer. Just because you don't know the answer doesn't mean there isn't an answer. It's there, you just haven't found it yet. It may not be available on this side of the river. But there are those that when God tries them by leaving them, even in a minor way, they fail the test. But how am I going to pass the test? How, how am I going to, to be found among the faithful? I, I know I'm not evangelistic this morning, but, but let's, let's hold on to what we've got, who we've got. You can be be found faithful by being faithful. You can understand by taking time to study the Word and listen to His still small voice and know that He is God. And if you can't find Him, He's still there. The truth is still the truth, though every man says something different. Let every man be a liar, but God's going to stay true. But I just don't feel like I did feel a while ago. Well, that's all right. Just stick around. You'll feel different somewhere else later. One thing about our feelings, they're always changing. I mean, you think the weather changes in a hurry sometimes. How about your feelings? You can go from crying to laughing to right back to crying and feel up on the mountaintop. You could lick a, uh, you know, tie in a sack with a bunch of wild cats and you'll be the only one to crawl out of there. And other times, you're afraid of, The tiniest thing you know sometimes we can we can we can avoid big things but the little things get us i have never had trouble getting out of the way of an elephant now admittedly i'm not around elephants a whole lot but when i have been around them i have never had any problem staying out of the way of an elephant i remember one coming down the street in new delhi and I just, I just moved over to the side and let him have it. He's, you know. But gnats. Did you ever try to, try to dodge gnats? Sometimes we can handle big things and the little stuff will tip us up. Why did God make gnats? And why didn't Noah swat them both when they were on the ark? God left him to try him to know all that was in his heart. You see, it's when we're not on the mountaintop. You can see a long way from the mountaintop, but the crops grow down in the valley. That's where the good soil has washed down to. old song... Down in the valley, the valley is so low, hang your head over, hear the wind blow. It's it's a, a melancholy song. But I'm telling you, we do some of our best growing in our valleys. We gain the strength to reach the mountaintops while we're in the valley. We can come into the throne room because we've spent some time away from him, and then we really appreciate his presence. He was there, but we didn't realize he was there. God, if you'll just let me know. <laughs> no, that's part of the test. If you'll just direct me, if you'll just tell me. No, that's, that's part of the test. You do realize that the teacher is generally quiet during the test. It's only cases like this where you get slipped the answers occasionally. You feel good, you don't feel good. What's your feelings got to do with the Word of God? You're up or you're down? What's your direction, what's your elevation got to do with the love of God? He's still there. Oh, but the word said the Lord left him. I know what it said. But God's still there. God's giving you an opportunity, every last one of us, time and time again, to show, to declare, to prove to to Him, to the world, And also to ourselves, I am going to stick with this. I am going to make it. I am going to be here when the last one has left besides me. I am going to live for God no matter what anybody else does. When your family turns against you, and I've been there, When your friends turn against you, get you some new friends. If they don't want to if they don't want to encourage you living for God, you got the wrong friends. And God left him to try him. They might know all that was in his heart. Some folks just got out of the habit of coming to church. Some people ran into false doctrines and swallowed them whole. Some people found out that uh, they could make a habit of not staying or not coming to church a lot easier than they had made a habit of coming to church. There are some that got wound up in their jobs. There's some that have, well, I guess you could fill in a a whole lot of blanks as to what's happened to people, why they, why they're not living like they used to live, why they're they're not doing like they used to do, why that they've wandered off somewhere that they shouldn't have been, shouldn't have gone. But I'm convinced that part of it was that. God left them to give them an opportunity to show I really believe this. I really love God. I'm going to stay, not in a proud way, not in a way of of exalting ourselves, not in a way of, of, of building ourselves up, but just... He's done so much for me. What what would make it that I wouldn't want to walk with him and live for him and do what he says to do? But you see, we were slipped the answer. Before this major thing came upon us, we were given the answer isn't that what a teacher does sister Pierce tells the students how to do it gives them examples shows them there have I have known of teachers who would actually in the in the time leading up to the test would actually do the problems that were on the test on the blackboard And then on the day of the test, it. Oh, oh. <laughs> i never saw anything like that before. <laughs> Look up. Look up. My redemption draweth nigh. Does this sound familiar? We will slip the answers. I am coming back for my people. I am coming to seek. And to save. Oh, we like that. But I am also coming to pull away. To separate. To shake. Grab on to me. Depend on me. Not on ourselves. Not on on even our determination. I'm going to live for God. We need to hold on to him. For a time is coming where I am all you will have. But I will be all that you need. We've been slipped the answers. What I've preached this morning, what this what this message says has <clears throat> Within it, the pleadings of Hosea, return, be faithful, I'll take you. It's got echoes of Isaiah's warnings and rumbles of Jeremiah's repeated admonitions. And I've looked at this that was given to us on February the 23rd of 2020, just a short time before everything shut down. And that, that last little bit there, the time is coming where I am all you will have, but I will be all that you need. Now, this is just me, okay? Okay. This is just me, and I think differently than a lots and lots of folks do. If you haven't figured that out, you haven't been paying attention. But I'm not sure we have yet come to that time when I am all that you will have. Most of us are still eating pretty good You got an air conditioner, most likely. If not, I feel sorry for you. I've lived that way. We've got houses, we've got vehicles, but this is, I'm all you'll have. I don't know what that means. But if he slipped us the answers, we better hold everything we've got pretty loosely. Don't run back into a burning building to rescue your pillars. And don't panic and throw the the clock out the second story window and carry the pillars downstairs. I don't, I don't know what's coming. I know what's been, but I don't know what's coming. And I know that we have, we have seemed to have taken a tremendous hit, not just here, but, but nationwide, probably worldwide in religious matters, in religious organizations, and some folks are so upset about it. Uh, I, I don't think this has surprised God one bit. He is not astounded at what has happened. And you say, well, we've lost so many, and there are so many that are no longer, uh, not, not just here, but I'm, I'm talking now nationwide, worldwide, and we get so wound up in numbers. Remember, he started with 12. The church was originally 120. It, our God is not restrained to save by many or by few. One plus God makes a majority. All right, I've ridden this bicycle down the road. And now how do I stop it and get off? Well, I'll tell you that God loves you. And that all the tests you go through are not for, your, not for your hurt, but for your benefit. You'll notice in Deuteronomy 8 and 16, he said that he might prove you to do you good at the latter end. All of the problems, all of the tests, all of the things that come our way are intended that it will help us, that it will solidify us, that it will strengthen us, that it will make us more ready to be in His presence in the glory land. Hallelujah. So I'd like like to close my part of this today, and you may want to, I don't know what you can, but I like for us just all over the building, now if you're here without the Holy Ghost this morning, first thing you need to do is repent of your sins, and ask God to forgive you, now in all of this you're going to be believing this, there's got to be faith through it. But you need to repent of your sins. You need to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the washing away, the remission, the forgiveness of those sins. And you need to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost evidenced by the speaking in tongues as the Spirit gives utterance. I, I, God's not interested in somebody just getting their tongue over their eye tooth and can't see what they're saying he wants to speak through you wants it to be from from god's power speaking through you tongues is not the holy ghost that's the sign of the holy ghost and he'll do great things for you and then join with us and i'd like for all of us somewhere where up here at the front where you are uh Whatever feels comfortable or acceptable to you. To just make a recommitment. God, if I can't feel you, I know you're still there. If I've got problems and I don't have an answer, I know you are the answer. And I want to recommit myself to you in a way that I've not done before, that I'm going to stick, I'm going to stay, I'm going to live for you. I'm going to listen to your voice to lead me and guide me and not be led astray by something that, that some strange doctrine, some wind of doctrine that's blowing through. I'm going to ask us to stand and then from there you can, you can come to the front, you can, Uh, stand, you can sit back down, you can kneel, whatever. But I'd like for us, because there'll come a time when God's going to leave you. He'll still be there, but as far as you can tell, God's left you. And He'll try you to see all that's in your heart. He'll give you a blank check you can write. I want to write heaven on it. I want to write... The glory of God. I want to write obedience and faith. We take some time now. Let's just seek the Lord. Praise God. I hope. That you don't walk away with an oh, woe is me feeling. It's not what this is about. This is God wants you to be your very best. He's seeking those that will commit all to Him. And you're in the running. You're in the running to be in that chosen few. And how are we going to choose without somebody making the choice? I knew an old preacher from Louisiana. He wasn't all that scholarly, but he had some good sense about him good common sense which is not all that common anymore <laughs> he used to use a chalkboard and draw pictures stick figures well brother henry ivy i know you've not met him but you missed something he got to talking about the elect and the election And he didn't go into all of the wrangling that had been through the centuries about that. He just drew a ballot box, and he drew three stick figures. One of them had a crown on, that was Jesus. One of them had horns, that was the devil. And the other one was just a plain stick figure. He said, they're holding an election about you whether you can be saved or not. And then he drew all of them with their hand up above the the slot in the ballot box. Drew a little piece of paper for each one of them. Didn't write anything on it. He just, you know, he folded it and nobody can tell what you voted for. He said, now here's what happens in the election. I don't think you'll find this in any theological dictionary anywhere. He said the Lord votes for you. And the devil votes against you. And then you get to cast the deciding vote. I hope everybody in this building this morning cast that deciding vote in the right way. Because you can. You can. You don't have to be fancy. You don't have to be loud. You don't even have to be talented. You just have to be there. When the battle's over, still standing. I don't think this was the final. This was... My Latin teacher used we'd walk in and he'd say take out a sheet of paper and on the top of it write Cotidiae parvus ludus and we just groaned because with his interpretation Cotidiae parvus ludus meant the daily little game it was a pop quiz You're all going to have a lot of Cotidiae parvus Ludus. But you can pass them if you've studied. If you've committed to it. Thank God. He's on your side. He's casting a vote for you. Be like Job. So if, if, if things get as bad as they did with Job, Oh Lord. It can be because he said, I trust this one. I trust this one. They're going to make it. They'll do what's right. Let's stand. Let's thank him as we're dismissed this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for trusting us. Thank you, Lord, for giving us an opportunity. Thank you, Lord, for being with us when we don't even realize you're there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just, I just thank you, Lord. I don't have enough things to put with it, but thank you, Lord. I don't know all the things that you've done, but thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.